It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Patriots Beat is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. All righty, everybody. Welcome in to another live edition of the Patriots Beat podcast here on the CLNS Media Network. I am Mike Cadlick, and I am joined by 98.5 The Sports Hub's Alex Barth, as always. And uh, we are back after giving our opinions on Monday Night Show about the Patriots draft, you know, talking about what we wanted to talk about. We decided it's time to turn it over to you guys. So we're going to do a full Q&A episode here uh, on Patriots Beat. So uh, we'll, we'll touch on a little bit of Patriots news that, you know, happened today. And we were, me and Alex are both down at Gillette hearing from Mike Kosicki and uh, Mike Vrabel as well. So we'll talk a little bit about that. But after that, we'll go full Q&A. So pop all your questions in the chat and we will get to as many of them as possible. I want to remind you that Patriots Beat is powered by FanDuel. Uh, so go to FanDuel.com slash Boston, and I have the wrong offer on there. So go to FanDuel.com slash Boston, and you will get, if you sign up, you get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 uh, if you are a new customer. Basically what that means is your first bet, uh, if it loses, they'll match it up to $1,000 if that's how much you bet. So again, you'll get that. It's easy. It's a free bet. Go to FanDuel.com slash Boston. You get that no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. I... Uh, on FanDuel earlier, Alex, I bet there was a Red Sox promo, and it was Red Sox to win, Endeavors to get a hit. And so yep. Red Sox are rolling. I turn on the TV, Devers knocks in a double. They're up 6 nothing. Now they're only up 8-4, to four, and it's only the bottom of the fifth. So I'm starting to get it a little worried. I don't know if you were watching the game earlier. but Well, this this team is nothing if not entertaining, so... Yeah, we will uh, we will see where that goes. But again, FanDuel.com slash Boston. No sweat first bet, up to $1,000. So... That's that. That's who we're powered by. Uh, before we hit the questions, Alex, let's talk about what we heard today down at Gillette Stadium. So, yep. Mike Kosicki spoke for the first time uh, as a Patriot. He he called Mac Jones by name. He had a lot to say about Mac Jones as his quarterback. Uh, and he said he knew we were going to talk about what he said about Mac Jones. Exactly. And so, uh, he was uh, he uh, already seems like a super cool dude. Um, someone who fits in here uh, with the Patriots and has already been throwing with Mac Jones. He uh, he told Mark Daniels from Mass Live that he stayed at Mac's house when he was here for a throwing session, slept in his basement. Uh, he's ready to work. He's excited to work with Bill O'Brien. Um, but yeah, those I thought, you know, big takeaways from that was just he seems like he's happy to be here and ready to get to work. But uh, what do you think? Anything anything to take away from Gasicki today? Uh, well, I kept, you know, I asked him, because he wasn't going to answer the question directly, right? I kind of had to be creative how I asked it because we don't know. Is he working with the tight ends? Is he working with the receivers? I think some people were in the same mindset that I was trying to ask that question without asking, hey, which group are you working with? Yeah. 
Um, so like I asked him what it's been like working with Juju Smith Schuster. Somebody asked him what it's been like working with Hunter Henry. Uh-huh. I honestly don't know that they're at the point where they're like in those individual position meetings. I think it's still kind of full team stuff, but yeah. Uh, besides that, he just, he seems happy to be here. Is it real? Is it an act? Who knows? But yeah, that was my big takeaway. Yeah. Um, if you guys, as you can tell, Alex asks the the nitty gritty questions about you know what position group you're working with and what's your you know what personnel and some of the stuff people on here. I went with the simple: Are you still going to do the gritty as your your dancing celebration when you score a touchdown? Kasiki uh, told us that he hasn't uh, he hasn't ruled that out, but he also did say that uh, him and Mac Jones both need to work on said gritty. And so uh, that's the that's the nitty gritty that I got into was about the gritty. Um, yeah. No, uh, nothing else uh, as far as position groups yet. But yeah, it was a good, good few minutes that we got to talk to uh, talk to Kasiki. The other person we spoke to today was Mike Vrabel. Mike yeah, Vrabel, cool. yeah, that was cool. Um, someone who myself and Alex obviously grew up watching. Patriots linebacker. He was an All Pro in two thousand seven with the undefeated season. Uh, he was an. It was announced that he will be the inductee into the Patriots Hall of Fame uh, this year. So him and Skarnecchia will go in together. Uh, so we got a little availability with uh, Vrabel. Um, Vrabel is of clearly of the Belichick tree as as far as the media goes. Um, yeah, he's he's good. He's he's a little soft spoken when it comes to it, but he was clearly appreciative of the honor today. Um, he just uh, one of the cool things I thought he, I said that, that he said that I thought was cool was about all his teammates and that he's really proud of what all of his teammates have done post playing career, whether that be. In coaching, whether that be in business, whether that be on TV, he's like we've all, or many of us have, you know, gone above and beyond in the second phase of our career. He th- he said he thought that was that was something he was proud of. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but any takeaways from Vrabel today for you? Uh, I mean, I thought the story about how he ended up playing tight end was interesting. He was just like yeah. a kill time before games. He'd go out, he'd run routes for Drew Bledsoe, and Charlie Weiss is standing there like, hey, those. Routes don't suck. And uh, I'd never heard. I don't know if that's been out there or if this is the first time we've ever heard it. But, yeah, I'd never heard that story. And if you think about it, why was he out there playing tight end? Because a lot of things the Patriots have done since, you know, Richard Seymour at fullback and things like that. I think I'll go back to the fact that Mike Vrabel worked out as a tight end. So to get that origin story was actually really cool. Yeah, I agree. Um, So after the uh, call. Uh, Patriots PR director Stacey James essentially told us that they're waiting on the schedule to come out um, in order to see if they will they'll do it in season uh, if for some reason the Patriots and Titans have sort of a, a double bye week or uh, there may be something um, over the summer of some sort but that is still TBD when uh, when variables introduction will be but he will in fact be inducted into the Hall of Fame so uh, that's our oh the other the other piece of news I guess Alex was uh, Kayshawn Boutte signed yeah he's the first Patriots uh, rookie to sign his deal the receiver out of LSU, he signed a four-year, four million. I'm trying to find it, and I don't have it. Four-year, four point oh two seven million dollar deal. So essentially, if you if you want to go AAV, a million bucks a year. Um, so he's the first Patriots wide receiver, or first Patriots draft pick rather, to sign uh, this offseason. So he is uh, officially a Patriot. Yeah, officially, officially a Patriot. So, you know, getting right into the system, that's a guy you want to get right into the system. So that's yeah. certainly good. Yeah. I, uh, again, as, as the day goes on, that's, that is the, uh, the draft pick that I get more and more excited about every time I, you know, take a chance to watch some of his film or just, you know, think about what he was a year and a half ago compared to what he is now. It's like we got, he was clearly, you know, first round fringe, first round pick. And now 
sitting there at six. I'm sure we'll get to it in the Q&A, yeah. but yeah, no, super was, excited about that one. I was going to say, I think that leads us right into it as a great first question, oh, yeah. other than Christian Gonzalez, which Patriots pick has the highest floor. Ooh. You know, I think Keon uh, has the high, oh, has the highest floor. Yeah. Okay. Um, I misread this. Kayshawn Boutte is the highest ceiling. He yes. does not, does not have no. the highest floor. He, he has the lowest floor, <laughs> probably. Yeah, he might. Um, uh, Excluding the kicker punter, because it's kind of, you know, they're not a part of this conference. They're, it's weird doing ceiling and floor with specialists. Right, right. I think it's Keon White. I do. I just, and I know I've talked about him as a high upside player, mm-hmm. but he's just so big and so strong at this point that at the very least he's going to be like an early down edge setter. Yeah. You know, does he ever become more than that? I don't know, but he should be a decent rotational player. Like, you know, relatively speaking, I think Antonio Maffi has a relatively that was gonna high be my floor, answer. Yeah. but like his floor is lower than Keon White's floor. It's just positionally and for where they were drafted. Right. You know, I, I'd go Keon White, but those I, I think were the two re- outside of Gonzalez, obviously were the two real high floor guys they took. Yeah, I think so too. I agree with Maffi. I think, I feel like Maffi has the ability to, to just be the Patriots, you know, swing guard for a few years, and then a guy who sits who sits in place and is like a guard for the next like five ten years in this system. Uh, again, you're right. It, it's tough to to judge it relatively because the floor of a second round pick is naturally going to be higher, or like the average floor, if you will, um, right? Than a than a fifth round pick. But no, I think Buffy can be really good, and um, I don't see. I just don't see him like completely busting or not making the team. I just don't see that. Where I could see them and maybe not city sal but like you know once you get later down down into the draft picks it's like if these guys get cut that that's kind of not that surprising right let's flip it though highest ceiling besides gonzalez uh i think it's butte i i think it's gotta be yeah he was at one point the consensus number one wide receiver in this class and there's a reason for that he's tremendously talented they've just got to get that talent out you know, yeah. between, you know, keeping him healthy, he's got to get in shape and then just the drive and all of it. And and there's a reason he was a sixth round pick, but right. there's also a reason at one point people thought he was going to be a top 15 pick. So uh, to me, Boutte's ceiling is massive. I think so too. I think low key uh, Demario Douglas could have a pretty high ceiling too. Um, they do a decent job at bringing in, you know, slot receivers and developing slot receivers, especially in the later rounds. And uh, watching more of Liberty football uh, than I ever have in my entire life with Douglas now in the Patriots. He's a stud. Like he is a really solid wide receiver that uh, could amount to something if put in the right system in the right place. And I think Bill O'Brien can do that. The only thing with him and, and I love DeMario Douglas. I do. I think that was one of their best picks pound for pound, but yeah. who is he playing at Liberty? I, I mean, like he torched UMass, right? It doesn't count. Yeah, he beat fair. up on a high school team. Okay. So that and that's why it was six round pick because the athleticism's there. Mm-hmm. He's undersized and he has one year of production, not necessarily against quality opponents. So right. you're you're looking at projection with him. I, I I think when you look at the Liberty stuff, you you really have to project ahead that's to fair. see what kind of player he's going to be. Yeah, where Boutte was going for three hundred and three touchdowns against SEC teams. So yeah, yeah. Um, on Kajon Boutte, one more. Do we think it's good or bad? He signed early. It could go both ways. Uh, you know, on one hand, maybe he's really committed. He said, you know what? I just want to get this thing signed and be there. And I know I got a lot of work ahead of me. Right. Could also be, I want that direct deposit hit sooner yeah. rather than later, right? <laughs> yeah. So it, we don't know. We don't know. We're not him. But uh, I think it's, are you a glass half full or glass half empty person? It's kind of however you choose to interpret it. Right. Uh, in this situation, we'll go, again, we'll go glass half full. I think it's good. Get to work, get in the building, get acclimated. Uh, 
try and become a starter in your rookie year if you can type of deal. But again, we will never really know. Um, Let's Uh, see. Sorry. uh, I'll just sum this one up. Any experience for agent tight ends the Patriots should bring in? And what's the odds both Kosicki and Henry get re-signed? I think this is going to be their tight end group. I'll tell you this. I think there's a real chance Johnny Lumpkin makes the team. Uh, you know, interesting. The UDFA streak is important to them. That it's not a coincidence that a UDFA has made the week one roster for 19 years in a row. Yeah, they use that as a recruiting tool when they go to sign the UDFAs. They say we're not bringing you in as a camp body. We're yeah, that was you a really shot to make the team. That was a really good point you brought up on Monday that I never really thought of until you said it. That oh, I, I mean. Great- I, when, I remember that, Jacoby yeah. Myers' rookie year. He said that was a big part of the reason he signed here. He wow, had a lot okay. of offers, but he felt like – and I think he said that he had a little bit more money elsewhere. But he said the Patriots, he felt like we're going to give him the best chance to actually make the team. Now, maybe that's because the Patriots had no receivers. But he said he did know like th- that there was this streak and it was a thing and that they were open to UDFAs being a part of the team, right? So. Yeah. You know, it, it's down to Malik Cunningham, Jordan Helig, and and Johnny Lumpkin. I don't know about Helig. It's he seems very far away. I, like there's a strong argument for it being Cunningham. There is. I think Cunningham's going to end up finding his way on the roster somehow. He's going to be here. I don't know if yeah. he's going to be on the roster on the practice squad. Fair, fair point. They need another tight end. Lumpkin gives them something they don't have a blocking tight end. I think this, and I I also think they might like Scotty Washington. Yeah, I think they might sneaky like Scotty Washington. So I think this is the group they're going to go with. As for both of those guys getting re-signed, maybe one of them, they're not going to pay big money at the tight end position again. I doubt it. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking at available free agents like Michael yeah. Pruitt. Michael Pruitt's available. No. Um, exactly. Uh, Dan Arnold. Darren Arnold just signed today. He just signed um, today, yeah. Yeah. Max Williams, he was on Arizona. No. He was a second-round pick a few years ago. But, yeah, no, again, you're not going to just bring in one of those guys to bring in one of those guys. You're either going to you're either gonna roll with your two or you're going to see if Lumpkin can stick on the, stick on the roster. And we'll see. Maybe Gasicki breaks out. Maybe Henry breaks out. If O'Brien comes back, it's like we got to have that guy back. But yeah. I, I, I think right now the plan is just get through this year at tight end and, and reset. And if that means a rookie next year, if that means a free agent next year, first year guys, so be it. Right. Um, I, I don't. You know, I've seen some people say, "Oh, you know, we're going to get a Gasicki extension." It would not. An ex- they wouldn't extend him at this point. You know, Hunter yeah, Henry extension has come up. You know, too. we're going to get a Hunter Henry extension, or they're definitely going to bring. Uh, Mike Kosicki back because he didn't draft the tight edge. No, I think that they're comfortable resetting the tight end position at the end of this year if that's what things dictate, mm-hmm. if that's how it plays out. I, I, yeah. I'm not reading too far into that. Yeah. Um, I want to bring this one up. I'm curious. Again, this is sort of hindsight, and we don't have to do hindsight the whole time. Let's sort of – let's work with what we have on this roster, right? But yeah, say say the Patriots brought in Jackson Smith and Jigba or Quentin yeah. Johnson or Zay Flowers. And the reason I say those three is because they all sort of play different positions. Well, no, right. JSN and Flowers are similar, but Flowers has a little bit more versatility. They, but same position, they play it differently. Sake, sake of the argument, because the question is, was there a receiver that the Patriots could have drafted that would 100% have started over any one of Juju, Tyquan Thornton, uh, or Parker, or Gasicki? Calling Gasicki, I guess, an outside receiver. Um, I think JSN would have had a real chance to start here, but everybody else, I feel like they sort of would have just been worked in um and sort of been rotated rotated across the board but maybe jsn would have had a shot i I don't even think jsn just because he's so similar to what juju does this is what i I tried to tell you guys when we were doing all those mock drafts and how can you not go receiver in the first round how can you not go receiver in the top 50 this wasn't the receiver class of the last couple years there was very little talent in this class and i think teams recognize that pretty much every receiver across the board 
went lower than projected. Yeah. There was not a lot of talent here. It was not a good year to need a wide receiver. Does that mean that, you know, the Patriots don't need a wide receiver? No, but th- this magical pick that people were suggesting that they were going to draft this guy that was going to unlock the offense, that they were going to go out and get their Justin Jefferson, right? Or their AJ Brown or their Debo Samuel. That guy wasn't in this draft. At least if he was, it wasn't obvious. Now, maybe one of these later guys turns into a real player. I think there's guys with a shot to do that, but it's a shot. They're not guarantees. They all have questions, whether it be size questions like Josh Downs uh, or Tank Dell or uh, speed questions like, like you know, there's a number of guys like that or just other questions like Keishon Boutte. No, there was not a chance for them to unilaterally improve the wide receiver position in this draft. It did not exist. And I think they recognized that and said, you know what? We're not going to force it. We're going to take two right. lottery tickets. They got two good lottery tickets as far as upside players go to get Kayshawn Boutte and Demario Douglas to get them where they got them. I think that's as well as they were going to do a wide receiver in this draft, right? Yeah, you could take a guy like Josh Downs higher. That 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 would be my one knock is taking Josh Downs over Marte Mapu. Yeah, 100%. But outside of that, you know – yeah, they could have taken maybe Josh Downs in the second round, or they could have taken Jonathan Mingo at 46. He gets lost in the wash, and Keon White's going to play a role. Right. Keon, they're a better team with Keon White than they would be with Jonathan Mingo in 2023. Maybe not in 2024, 2025, 2026. But they didn't even have Mingo. Mingo was gone before 46. I just okay, well, you get the point. The, you get the right, point. I'm just saying that was like, yeah. He just yeah. he went early. Cedric Tillman, whoever, right? Yeah, sure, sure. The, the, the guy that everybody was looking for wasn't there. Um, right. And then kind of in line with that, I guess this is the opposite. I think that the tight end was there to help them. Yeah. But they didn't. I think this is a thing. I, I can't come up with an explanation for it, but <laughs> last year was like this all-time linebacker class, and they passed on it. Right. The year before that was an all-time wide receiver class. They took Trey Nixon in the seventh round, and that was it, right? Um they did it with wide receivers a couple years prior. There was a great safeties class when it looked like they needed a safety and they passed on it. This seems to be what they do. They seem to just pass on the generational classes. I can't think of a reason why you would do yeah. that. I can't even think of an excuse for it. Like tell you a reason that I don't believe, but oh, maybe this is what they're thinking. I I guess maybe, well, if the class is that good, then the UDFAs are that good, but they really weren't this year at tight end. And yeah, the one- At a certain point, you realize they're all going, right? You get somebody late. You get uh, uh, what was the kid's name? Jaden Willis from Oklahoma in the seventh round. At least you get someone. Right. I can't explain it, but they seem to just be fine with passing on these super deep positional draft classes. And uh, this isn't new. It's a bit of a trend. Yeah, the one I guess the one gripe I had there was uh, obviously I wanted Darnell Washington, but once he continued to fall, it was clear that yeah. there was something there that teams didn't like. Well, it's a um, knee injury. We found out yeah. it's a knee injury, and a guy that big with a knee injury, I. I very much and, – and by the way, same goes for Zach Koontz, right? The report was his knee was fine, but maybe the report came from his agent. It wasn't entirely true. Yeah. So a guy that big, either one of them, right, Washington Koontz, that big with a knee injury, yeah, I'll eh, – uh, yeah, I'll I have no problem staying away from that. I yeah. just once – it, once it came to like the, the sixth, seventh round, and I think like Amir Speed went before Zach Koontz, and I was like, that's when you take the flyer on Koontz now. Maybe if you don't want to take him in the fifth, that's fine, but try it now. But – uh, yeah, they did. They passed on the whole class. I want to bring up this one, Alex. Um, yeah. Because I do. I think the, the question is, do you think the Patriots were very high on drafting an edge in the first round, specifically Van Ness? I do. I think the Patriots were. Uh, 
I think they were high on drafting edge. I think they wanted an edge. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the reason they traded out of 14 was because Lucas Van Ness went before them at 13. Because um, they, they met with Van Ness. I know they liked Van Ness. Um, I've seen him, and again, it, mock drafts are mock drafts. But the one that was interesting to me was Peter Schrager, who seems pretty plugged in. He he thought that the Patriots would go with either one of him or Flowers. Um but yeah, and then as soon as Van Ness went, the Patriots traded out, and then obviously Will McDonald goes um, just before them. And so when you're sitting there now at 17, there's really there was no real first round bait. They said they were comfortable taking Keon White at 17. They said yeah. they would have taken him there. They said they there was a a rumor that they were looking to trade into the first round, presumably for White, and then ultimately he falls to them at 46. So I think they lucked out there because I do. I think they were high on, uh, on edge. I think they thought that was – I think they thought edge was a higher need than most of us did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this, this isn't really a question, but it's a good comment. The fact that the slot wide receivers went Jalen Reed, then Marvin Mims, then Josh down blows my mind. Uh, yeah, me too. I would have had that the other way around, but that's, yeah. that's the beauty of the draft. You never know, right? Right. And that could be a flavor thing. Think about it. it that doesn't mean every team thought Jalen Reed or Jaden Reed was better than Josh Downs. Right. Just one team did, and that happened to be the team that made the pick first. Right. So that's that's the beauty of the draft. That's that's part of the fun in it. Um, What else we got here? Uh Oh, no, I don't know what that is. This one. Uh, since they have a lot of corners on the roster now, which corners do we see getting released come cut down day? Yeah, Sean Wade's probably out. Um, yeah. You know, the real interesting thing now is what they do with Miles Bryant. They clearly like him. Yeah. And I do think he has a role. I don't know that it's a role that you need him to play. But, right, if Jalen Mills is moving to safety and that's kind of where he got some snaps and – now you have both Jack Jones and Christian Gonzalez. So Jonathan Jones moves back to the slot. With Marcus Jones behind him. How many slot reps are there? Um, uh, so I'm working all of my roster projection up tomorrow, 98.5thesports.com. I'm working on it. And the only reason I like, I can't cut Sean Wade because I know how much they love Sean Wade. Uh, sorry. I did Miles cut Bryant. Sean Wade. I yeah. can't cut Miles Bryant because I know how much they love Miles Bryant. But like everything else tells me, where's this guy playing? Right. Unless... The wild, the wild card in all of this is Jack Jones because he got suspended at the end of the year. How do they feel about him? Is this going to be a Kendrick Bourne situation where they don't play him? If he's going to play, though, I just outside of special teams, I don't see where Miles Bryant plays. Yeah, uh, at corner or at safety, he could end up being the odd man out. But they like him, so they tend to keep those guys. He's this year's Jelani Tavaya, basically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That'll that'll be an interesting camp conversation. Um, but yeah, no, I I, uh, I think Bryant can be the on out. I I wrote uh, roster projection earlier this week. I had him on the roster for now, but I posted it in April. Now it's May. There's plenty of time for them to either gain or or, or earn or lose a roster spot. But for now, I think Bryant maybe makes it. Um, I don't know. Sean Wade gets cut, and then the rest of the other guys. But I think they for now they maybe keep five and move like you said, move Mills to safety. Yeah. Um, somebody asking, are they going to stick with Nick Folk? No, I, I think his time's done. Faded at the end of the year. That's going to be the difference. You take a kicker in the fourth round. That's your starting kicker. You know, I think it maybe a more of a competition to punter. I still think Behringer enters camp as the favorite, but it's probably it for Nick Folk in New yeah. England. Unless, you know, Ryland is, you know, has a, um, can't even remember the guy's name. The, Roar Wasser type camp where he's hitting the porta potties nonstop. Yeah, right. Um, it's it's going to be Chad Ryland. And then this is yeah. a really good question. 
Are they letting Mapu be the athletic linebacker? Is he going to be block safety? This is the question the entire draft kind of hinges on. How good of a draft yeah. do they have? Because, you know, if they can go three for three in the top 100, they're in great shape. Gonzalez is a home run pick. I, I really think Keon White's such a good fit. He's going to succeed. But, you know, after Mapu, for it to go Byron Young, uh, I forget the exact order, but it was these three players, Byron Young, Tucker Craft, Josh Downs, three guys mm-hmm. who really could have helped them. There's going to be a lot of focus on this pick. Me and Evan had like a 30-minute debate about this today on Catch Yeah, he, he wrote about this today as well on Patreon. Yeah. Um, ideally, so so here's the thing. I I think there is a path to Marte Mapu being a successful player to the Patriots. There is, in theory, a path. But the path does not exist as things stand right now. There's going to have to be some sort of significant change. Something is going to have to give. Now that can be any number of things. Um, you know, they could have him put on weight to play middle linebacker. They could have him put on 20, 25 pounds, but does he lose the athleticism? If he puts on that weight, that that's always a question. Do they have him put on like 10 pounds and play him as an edge rusher? Kind of the same thing. You never know when guys put on weight and also now he's changing positions. Does he become a safety? Is he Kyle Duggar's replacement? Well, now you're in a full-on position change, which is always risky. And then also that kind of signals you're moving on from Kyle Duggar. I would consider that something giving. Right. Now, in all of in all of these scenarios, Marte Mapu is the one who changes. The other potential outcome is they play him like Fred Warner, like Matt Milano, like these modern athletic undersized linebackers. And they see how it plays out. Right. The thing is, that is such a monumental shift in defensive philosophy for what they do. You're not just, it's not like you're throwing one guy out there and saying, okay, do this, right? And, oh, he's smaller than normal. We're going to put him out of here, have him do this, and he's going to do it a little on the size. No, you're talking about the way they use the linebacker position. You're talking about essentially rewriting the entire front seven. I don't know how much in some of the secondary because it, it would inherently change the way you use Kyle Duggar and Adrian Phillips as well, because that role is going to take on some of their responsibilities. Now, that could be a good thing because now you could get Kyle Duggar playing deep safety for Devin McCourty, which they need somebody to do. And it's a role he's that's what he did in college. He wasn't a box safety in college. It's all new as good as it, at it as he is. So, you know, that becomes the question. What What's going to give are the Patriots? After in Bill Belichick, after, you know, 22 years, 23 years of doing it this way, are they going to say, nope, we're, we're changing, completely changing course, hard left turn. Or are they going to say, we think you're a great athlete, but you need to put on 20 pounds to play the way we want, want right. you to play. And we'll see if it still works out. Now, the one interesting angle to this is Gerard Mayo. Did Gerard Mayo True. go to Bill and say, you know what? You, you guys brought me back to have a bigger voice. I want to do this with the defense. Go get me a player who can do it. Maybe he specifically said Marte Mapu. Maybe he gave them like five players and said just any of these guys, right? Whatever. But it 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 feels like for him to succeed, there has to be a massive change. Whether that's with him or that's with the team, we'll we'll see. And this has kind of been the thing. How many times in the last couple of years have they brought in a player and we've said, yeah, if they use him right, it'll be great. And then they don't use them right. Nikhil Harry, Johnu Smith. It's mostly been yep. on the offensive side of the ball, to be fair. But 
this is another one of those ones where I find myself sitting here saying, yeah, I can see how it'll work, but they're going to have to do something they don't typically do. And that's generally where the, the red flags start to show up a little bit for me. And I say, ah, I'm not going to get my hopes up too much for this. Right. Um, He's going to be great on special teams. He's be I do. He'll be a great special teamer. I think, I mean, yeah. again, I don't know how much stock you put into this, but I know that uh, I saw it on Twitter a couple times that, I mean, they announced him as a linebacker. They did. Yeah. The team dictates that. I'm pretty sure. Yep. Anyway, yeah, they do. They put in they the do. card. They dictate how they want to. Because like them Bergeron a was announced as a guard, even though the NFL was calling him a tackle throughout the process. Right, and so. Um, we'll see. Just, yeah, just to piggyback on this comment here, if you're playing three four, you're always going to have two inside linebackers. It's super rare that teams play base. Like, yes, you have a base right. three four, a base four three, but. It's, and the Patriots are even worse about this. Like most teams are are in dime or nickel, you know, not base, right? Extra, at least one extra uh, defensive back 60% of the time. I think with the Patriots, it's closer to like 75% of the time. So it's unfortunately not as simple as, oh, well, they're in three. And look, Keon White's a 3-4 defensive end. Right. Right? Um, it's not as simple as saying, oh, just go to 3-4 and put him out there next to Bentley. Because it's, they're not, it's so rare they have seven front seven players on the field. Right. Yeah, you know, it's more so. So that and that's where the Keon White pick comes in, right? You now have so if you're going to have Marte Mampu on the field at linebacker, I actually don't think you're taking somebody off the field in the secondary. I think you're taking somebody off the field up front. I think you're taking a guy like Anthony Jennings off the field, who is a stand-up, edge-setting, strong side player. Him and uh, Dietrich Wise on that side. Well, if you're going to take the more stout edge setter off the field to have this athletic, smaller linebacker. You, you need the defensive end to be that much stronger because he has to handle that on his own. He's not getting help. Now you sacrifice some at some bulk or, or sorry, you sacrifice some athleticism, some speed for that size and strength. That's where a guy like Keon white comes in where he's a better fit for, because remember I said this before putting Marte Mapu in, it does not just it, it it doesn't just change the defense at the linebacker position. It changes the philosophy of the entire front seven and some of the secondary as well. Keon White is the kind of defensive end that fits in that system. Right. He's less he's a fit, but he's less of a fit for what they ran last year. But if they are going to make this change, Keon White's a much better fit. Right. Um somebody asked how much sleep I got draft weekend. Um I did get like six hours Wednesday night. Thursday night, I got three. Friday night, I got four or five. Um, and then Saturday night and Sunday night, just because I was still doing stuff. Um, I didn't get a full. So I'll put it this way. Monday night uh, into Tuesday morning, I slept 11 hours. And it wow, was amazing. So that's good for you. Um, yeah. All right. Who makes the team, Trace or Malik? Uh they're going to roster two quarterbacks. It's going to be Mac Jones and it's going to be Bailey Zappi. Uh, Trace McSorley, probably not going to make the team in my opinion. And if Malik Cunningham makes the team, it's as a specialist slash wide receiver slash gadget guy. So uh, I don't think Trace McSorley makes the team. I think Malik has a shot. He could also be practice squatted. I think maybe McSorley could end up on the practice squad as well, but I feel like he could also end up signing somewhere if he has a decent camp and just can't make the roster. Because uh, he's been on a roster for the last couple of years. But uh, I think Malik Cunningham is a shot. I just don't think it's going to necessarily be as a quarterback. So, like, yeah, he'll be your third quarterback. But 
if Mac and Bailey were to go down, they're going to sign someone else. They're probably not going to start Willie Cunningham at quarterback. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, I just saw a good question here. Uh, where did that go? Okay, here. Uh, can Mac take a jump with the current roster? This is kind of what uh, this whole offseason is building to, right? Can they right. put something around Mac Jones we can actually evaluate him? Yeah. They did. Uh, the skill positions are fine. I think so, too. They're not the best in the league, but, like, they're capable. They improved. Yeah, yeah, marginally, but they did. We'll see what what, what Keishon Boutte gives them. I still worry about the tackles. That's what it's going to come down to me. Can they get this thing blocked in front of him? Now, Bill O'Brien's going to help with that because there's going to be actual coverage calls this year and blocking calls at the line of scrimmage, unlike last year. But I, Trent Brown... Riley Reef, Connor McDermott, Calvin Anderson. There's a lot of question marks there. There's a lot of question yeah. marks in that group. It's not to say it can't work, but you're counting on a lot of things going your way. So, like, if they can get this thing blocked, I actually think that they can be good offensively. I don't know if they're winning any shootouts against the Chiefs, but they should be much better than they were last year. They're 17th in the league in scoring, and that was with the defense scoring more points than it. Defense and special teams right. scoring more points than anybody else. They probably should have ranked in the mid-20s. I think they have a shot to be a fringe top 10 offense this year if they can get it blocked. Right. I still don't know exactly what's going to happen at tackle. I don't think they do either. I think they just hope that enough things break their way that it works. I think and, they you know, trust Clem to scheme it up, and I think they trust themselves. I think there's to stay that, healthy. and it's like not even, but like, all right, we just, you know, Trent Brown's going to start, and if we can get like three good, even if he gets hurt, we we just need three good games out of Calvin Anderson, right? Riley Reef and Connor McDermott, as long as they can combine for 17 games. If we have to throw City South there yeah, for but a then game, it's just like the turn style again, and that's that's what's like that's what yeah them last year a bit was they never had a consistent offensive line, and, and that's a big Dante Skarnecchia thing. Is, yeah. Even if it's not your best five guys, if you find five that work, that's why Michael Onwenu essentially sat out in 2020. Uh, was it Onwenu sat out in 2021? No, who was it? It was, um, yeah, it was Onwenu. Essentially sat out like the second half of the year in 2021 because they were playing really good ball with Ted Karras, even though we started seasons to back oh, up. And that's it was right. like, yeah, you know what? These five work. And sometimes when you get five that work, you just go with it because it's working. And there's something to be said for continuity. So, right. I think Mac can take the jump with this current roster, but they're going to have to have some things break their way at tackle. That's I'm much more worried about the offensive line than I am about the skill position. Yeah. Let me quickly just, as far as the skill positions, I do, I think they, I think they improved because I've said it on this show before and I've said it, um, you know, across the board. I do think that uh, I think Juju is a better player than Jacoby Myers. I think he's better after the catch. I think, uh, I think his ceiling's much higher. I know that him and Mac had a rapport together, but um, the way they the, the switch from Jacoby to Juju, I think, is an improvement. I also think that the improvement from John Smith to Gasicki is an improvement. Um, they may need to figure out the blocking scheme with the tight ends, but I think Gasicki is going to have much better uh, a much better impact on this offense. Um, and then, as far as the offensive line goes, I am in the mindset that the health was more of a detriment than the actual play last year. And so, if you can get them get five guys in a system and get them to play 16 games together. Like we just said, I think that'll make yeah. a lot, uh, make a lot more improvement. So 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. That is FanDuel. Uh, Mike, stop. You said the opposite three months ago. What did I say the opposite of three months ago? I don't know what I, I want to know what I contradict myself on. Bring, come back. Um, stand by your point. Okay. We'll, we'll go to this one. Yeah, uh, somebody said, yeah, I'm curious what that was too. City yeah. style being <laughs> a guard. They think they're going to try him to tackle. And look, I, with yeah, his right. size and athleticism, try him. It's 6'5", 323, upper echelon tester, try him. I don't think he can do it. I hope there's, I, I hope this is a, hey, let's just see. Because there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Hey, you know, this guy's probably going to be a good guard, but what if he can play tackle? Mike Onwenu had never played tackle since, he hadn't right. played tackle since high school when the Patriots drafted him. He turned out to be a pretty darn good right tackle. I'm not saying City Sal's going to be Mike Onwenu, but the idea is, yeah, try it. I don't problem trying it. I just hope that's not the long-term plan because I right. don't think he can play tackle in the NFL, at least not soon enough. You know, you give him two, three, four years to work on it maybe, but his footwork's far away. Yeah, again. But I, 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 we're going to see it. I think we're going to see it in the spring. At that point, just draft a tackle. If you want to draft a tackle, draft a tackle. Don't right. draft a guard to try and make him a tackle. Um, I was always Team Juju. Find me the clip. Tweet it at me if I was wrong. But, no, I, I was Team Juju over Jacoby. Uh I did not flip-flop on Juju versus Kobe. I've always been Team Juju. I said it from the start. Um, anyway. I don't remember one way or the other. That's okay. Um, Demario Douglas will be the Patriots. Tyreek Hill? I don't know if I'd go that far. That's a really high ceiling. But yeah. I do believe I, I do believe he can make the team and make an impact. I don't know about immediately, but... Um, no, I, I think he can make an impact immediately. I don't know how, how much, but I think I said this on Tuesday, like... He's going to beat Marcus Jones on offense, right? And they, it was such a good package for them. And they couldn't, they can't run it that much because Marcus Jones, they need him on defense, right? So this gives them an opportunity to run some of those same things without having to take Marcus Jones away from the defensive side of the ball. That's an, and look, that might be all Demario Douglas ever is. He may never be a full time wide receiver, but if he can become a gadget kind of player, I was it on this show. I was on some show and uh, somebody compared her to Percy Harvin. Yeah, it was on and, here. It was last week. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought that was an interesting one because that's pro Percy Harvin should not have played 80% of the snaps. He wasn't big enough, especially right. back then. Now there's a better understanding of these gadget players. Defenders are smaller. So there's more opportunities for them. Yeah. I, I think there's a chance that Douglas can contribute right away. Tyree kills a bit much because he's not going to be number one wide receiver, Yeah, right. but he's, He's going to make an impact this year. I think he will. Yeah. Do you want to take this on? I've seen it twice now. Do you want to try and list your entire starting defense right now? We're talking about doing that. Hang on. Let me get a piece of paper. We're going to do this. Okay. We're talking about doing that on catch 22 today. Okay. All right. Let's do a little depth chart here. Okay. All right. Um, well, I mean, what are we doing? Dive, nickel, base. Um, They're going to be in a sub package more often than not. So. All right. So you. All right. You know what? Let's do this. Let's do early down, and then we'll do um, 
passing down. Okay, right. Sure. Yeah. So early down, you're going to have, uh, let me just draw out an offense here real quick. Three, four, five, tight end, receiver, 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 quarterback, back. Um, all right. So you're going to have God shot at the nose, right? So we're assuming they're going to stay in a three, four. So you can have God shot at the nose. Well, I'm drawing out an offense on paper. I don't think I've done this since college. That was... You're going to have – that's the right tackle. You're going to have Judon on one side standing up. Mm-hmm. You're going to have Anthony Jennings on the other side. Okay. I don't think Keon White starting as a rookie. That's Fair. three. No, sorry. Judon's going to be back here. You're going to have – yeah, you're gonna have Lawrence Guy. It is Keon White and Keon White. Okay. So your defensive line is White, Godshaw, and Lawrence Guy or Dietrich Wise, whoever. Right. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have Bentley at the mic. You're gonna have Jennings on the uh, Jennings on the strong side, Judon on the weak side. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four, five, six. You're going to have Gonzalez Gonzo. on the boundary. You're going to have uh, Jack Jones. John or Jack Jones on the other. You're going to have Marcus Jones or Miles Bryant in the slot. That gets you two, one, two, three, four. This is great radio. Five, oh, six, yeah. seven, <laughs> eight, nine. And then you're going to have Doug. Duggar is your deep safety, and you're going to have Phillips slash or Mills. Peppers. Oh, okay. At, no, see, I don't think Phil. Uh, I don't think Mills is going to. Oh, play early downs. Down. Yeah, that's right. fair. That's fair. So your early down defense. <laughs> if you want us to stop, tell us to stop. This is boring. But what I have, that's it. It's not your defensive funny. line. Your defensive line is Godshut at the nose. Dietrich Wise on the weak side. Lawrence Guy or Keon White on the strong side as your defensive ends. You're going to have Matthew Judon as your weak side uh, weak side linebacker. You're going to have Anthony Jennings as your strong side linebacker. You're going to have uh, uh, Juwan Bentley off the ball. Your boundary corners are Christian Gonzalez on one side, John Jones or Jack Jones on the other, Marcus Jones or Miles Bryan in the slot. You have Adrian Phillips or Jabril Peppers as your box safety, and then you have Kyle Duggar as your deep safety. Now, when you get into passing downs, you're going to have – nobody's told me to stop, so I'm going to keep going. Uh, someone's asking about Barmore. He's not early down either. You're going to go Barmore. He might be. Like, he'll rotate in, but this yeah. is – you know, all right. Um, so, And somebody asked if there's potential for Josh Uche to play on all downs. I don't know that Anthony Jennings is a roster lock. If That's what – I don't not, have him on my first maybe. roster. Right. I do. I was one of the last guys on. Uche is a situational guy. Even last yeah. year when he was breaking out, they used him as a situational guy. And no, Duggar's not a wasted deep safety. If you think he's good in the box, he's going to be better deep. I'll yeah. tell you that right now. Um, so you're going to have Barmore in the middle, right? You're going to have Judon is going to move on to the line as your uh, uh, weak side defensive end. The strong side end, Dietrich Wise, is going to move over there. You're going to go um, Uche. Or you're going to go Uche as your weak side linebacker playing behind Judon. You're go oh no, Uche, sorry. Uche on the other side of Judon behind Wise because you're only going to go two linebackers. You're going to have so this is where we get into that question we talked about before, right? 
Are they actually going to change their defense philosophically for Marte Mapu? If they do, right. Mapu becomes your off-ball linebacker. That's one, um, one, two, three, four. That's five. And then you're going to have Gonzalez on one side. That's six. You're going to have John or Jack on the other. That's seven. You're going to go Miles Bryant or Marcus Jones in the slot. That's eight. You're going to go um, Duggar at deep safety. That's nine. You're going to go um, Phillips or Peppers in the box again. That's 10. And then this is where Jalen Mills comes in as your tight end stopper. You're going to throw Jalen Mills on the field. So that group again, Christian Barmore is your interior defensive rusher, which I think Keon White could potentially get some reps there as well. Matthew Judon becomes your defensive end off left tackle. Dietrich Wise becomes your other defensive end off right tackle with Josh Uche playing uh, as an outside linebacker. Uh, Marte Mop, who's your off-ball linebacker. Jalen Mills essentially becomes your uh, strong side outside linebacker, but that's because there's no real label for him. He's your tight right. end guy. He's yeah, he's covering your Juwan tight end. Williams was supposed to be. Yeah. Uh, your boundary corners are, you're going to rotate between the three, Christian Gonzalez, Jonathan Jones, and Jack Jones. Again, we'll see what happens with Miles Bryant, Marcus Jones in the slot. Adrian Phillips, Jabril Peppers, one of those two guys in the box. And again, I think Kyle Duggar becomes the deep safety. I really do. Okay. And those are going to be your two main defensive Bravo. units. I don't know if we want to do goal line. Um, Give some claps in the chat for Alex. Carl that Davis, was great. but that's um, I think somebody said something like, "This is what I do in my sleep." This yeah, really I've is. been pulling him up the when whole I'm, time. Alex I'm can take over for Belichick. He's been waiting time. for this moment his whole life. He needs a job with the. So pass. okay, to be fair, I don't know that any of this is going to work. This is what I, I know, think right? they're going to yeah. do. It's not necessarily what I would do. It's what I think they're going to do. You want to do offense? Uh, I like offense. I can do offense. I'm more of an offensive guy. Let's let's do the offense. This is what All I right. think the offense is going to be. All right. Because All right. So um, we'll, let's start base 11 and then okay. we'll go from there. Well, the, the, okay. okay. So offense. by the way, line. by the way, that all like this is without seeing any of those guys on the field. So this is very much all subject to change. Right. Like we can get we, at this time last year, I was telling and credit to the people in the chat. I was saying there's no way Jonathan Jones plays on the boundary. There's no way. Right. Yeah. And then he did. So, so right, here's my, offense. my offensive line. My offensive yeah. line. I'm going Trent at left, Strange yeah. at left guard, yeah. David Andrews at center, Owenu at right guard, and Riley Reef at right tackle. That's your starting offensive line to go into camp, in my opinion. What number is Riley Reef? 74. Sorry, I'm just I'm doing this in numbers. 74. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, you can have Mac. Mac Jones is your quarterback. Ramondre is yeah. your, your starting running back. Um, so that's five, six, seven, yep. and then you essentially have four, uh, a tight end and a receiver. So, so we'll again, go base 11. Base, we're going base, so you're going Hunter Henry. Yeah. Um, Hunter Henry, and then your tight three, end, yep. Your three starting receivers are going to be Juju Smith-Schuster. In the slot. Yep, Devontae Parker yeah. at your X. Yeah. And Kendrick Bourne at your Z, maybe, or Tyquan. I think that's a that's you a, say? Can, that's that's a camp battle. One. That's a camp yeah, battle. Yeah, I think so too. Because I think, yeah, yeah Taekwon and uh, and okay, Taekwon, Kendrick Bourne, and Keishon Butte are competing. For this We're going to leave it to the uh, Keishon Butte's <laughs> got to pass a couple people, but okay, yeah, that's yeah. fair. Yeah, so um, I so that's your base. What happens in the double tight end? Somebody asked about mm -hmm. the double tight end. Yeah, is I think that position we were just talking about that Z position, whether it's Kendrick Bourne, Taquan Thornton, I think that guy comes off the field. Juju okay. becomes the Z with Parker. Yeah. 
Yeah, and Mike Gesicki essentially becomes a big slot. Yeah. Or or Parker comes off the field, um, Juju in the slot. Um, you keep that Z, and Mike Gesicki yes. becomes your X. I think you yes, can see correct. both of those. Yep. Um, I'm trying to think what the other combinations would be. This is you know, bringing me back to to college football, and I'm I'm getting nostalgic here talking about these these pairings and different uh, yeah you know diamond to twenty and ten person all the that problem is we could, we could draw up all like the individual formations they could yeah. do with these guys, but this isn't really the medium to do it. I know, um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's your base offense. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you on that. Um, you know, when let's do special teams. Now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't even do that. It's so many. Bill, Bill said it once. It's like 128 spots, I think, between special teams. Can I beat out but, Mac and Camp? No, you're QB1, Mike. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's more or less what it looks like. You know, the, yeah. the question is, it, it's less of a roster. It's more getting in. With offense, it's more the depth chart. We kind of know who the top 11 are, but who's behind who, right? Who's the backup left tackle? Who's the backup right tackle? Yeah. Uh, who's the backup slot receiver? What's the plan at running back, right? So is Ramondre your early down guy? Is Ramondre your passing down guy? Are they going to run him into the ground again? Is it going to be neither? If right. he's the early down guy, is it Pierre Strong? Is it James Robinson? Is it is it Ty Montgomery on passing downs? Um, if if he's the passing down guy, who gets early downs? This is a big role for Kevin Harris, James Robinson. They didn't take a running back. I think that's huge for yeah. Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris. That's more the conversations you're going to have um, on the offensive side of the ball. But yeah, I would tend to. Agree. Yeah. The other thing I've, I I'm curious about with the, with the receivers is Devonte Parker. We are so sold, obviously not obvious, but he is. Every time you talk about this, he is your ex. He's your starting ex. He always stays yeah. at the ex. What happens if he just doesn't come out strong in camp? Because Parker was very up and down last season. He would go for you know ten catches for one fifty four, and then he would come back and either be hurt or he wouldn't uh, he wouldn't have a great game. So what, I guess I'm asking you a question now because yeah. I don't really know how I feel about it yet. How, what how do you feel about him coming into the season, Devontae Parker? Yeah, that's because uh, if they if they don't have him at the X, then like what do you go from there? That's why it's interesting, you know, thinking about the backups. Yeah, you know that that becomes tricky because they don't have a real X. Right. I think the question, if we get to that point, if they need an X that's not Devontae Parker, uh, I think you start looking at, well, how much, and the, the report is Tyquan Thornton added some mass. How much muscles do he put on? Right. Because I think he's the next logical X, but he had trouble with press last year. So you probably look to him. You see if he can fill that role. If he can't do it, um, you know, then I don't know. Then maybe it's it's Mike Kosicki. They don't really have a true backup X. Uh, right. that, that's where you maybe start looking externally. Do they bring somebody in? But it's so hard to bring a wide receiver in at that point. He's kind of just in his role. You know, maybe they try Juju out there, but it's uh, tricky. Um, yeah. What are you writing? What are you writing? <laughs> Starting five basketball Ooh, for the Patriots. Okay. All right. Point, shooting, forward, forward, center. Um. Is Lawrence Guy your back him down center? I'm trying to think who – well, no. Con- Connor McDermott, I think, is the tallest player on the team. Okay, so McDermott's your center. Yeah. Um, I, I'm trying to think if they had any guys that played uh, – well, Hunter Henry, I think, played – like was a high level – oh, Gasicki was a was a legit basketball recruit. Gasicki's okay. your four. Um, okay. Yeah, Connor McDermott's the tallest player on the team. He's 6'8". So Connor so McDermott's your, your center. center. Yep. Um, I'm thinking point guard. Like I feel like Jalen. I just feel like Jalen Mills would be a filthy point guard. I could see that. 
I don't know why, but I could see that. All yeah. right, so you got Jalen Mills at the one. We'll, we'll call Jalen your one, yeah. Um, One of the linebackers said he plays a lot of basketball. You know what? Put Kendrick Bourne at the two. Okay. <laughs> because he seems to be good at everything, right? When yeah. they go play golf, you know, he wins. They said he was yeah. good at bowling, all that. Yep. So he's he probably like he just seems like one of these guys that everything he does, he's good at. So, but he's six one. So we're we're putting him at the two. We're not making him a forward. Um, we had Gasicki at the four, McDermott at the five, Jalen Mills at the one. I feel like Matthew Judon's your. I don't know. See, I don't know if Judon's good at basketball, but like he seems like he'd be a great bench mob guy. What about like? Yeah, he would be. So what he's about on like Marte Mapu at your at your three. I like your three. The it's problem. I I don't know who on the team like actually plays basketball, and I want a guy yeah, that can actually smart. shoot. Um, I don't know. I'm not creative enough for these things. All right, here we go. So my starting five, and then I have one more question I need uh, to fill yeah. in, and then maybe we can fill up, finish off with some real ones. Um, okay. Starting five is Jaden Mills is your point guard. Yeah. KB is your shooting guard. Yeah. Uh, Marte Mapu is your three. Okay. Kasiki is your four. And yeah. I, you said McDermott, but I kind of like the idea of just getting Lawrence Guy the ball in the paint. and just Well, why not Trent Brown at that point? Uh, that's fair. I, Lawrence Guy is not that – I don't think he's that tall. Yeah, Lawrence yeah, Guy is 6'4". Oh, okay. You're right. Then tr- get it to Trent Brown. Trent Brown and Connor McDermott are 6'8", and then Andrew Stuber and Riley Reeve are 6'6", six, six, and Mike Kosicki is 6'6". Six, six. All right. I need your help with a with the dynasty with a dynasty fantasy football trade. Yeah. Should I trade the eighth pick in the draft for the ninth pick in a 2024 third? I don't Should care. I move back one spot I, for I a third round care. pick? Don't bring your fantasy football in on the show. <laughs> don't do such a bad look. <laughs> uh, let's see. Wait, so you mean it's not uh, – what's it called? The – ooh, what do you think of this? Where is it? Jabril Probert's at the point. Yeah, see, oh, he's got like that Marcus Smart thing where like he's going to lock a guy down. That guy's going to feel him. Yeah. I'm all for that. Yeah, get get Jabril – like give me just a – and this, by the way, this is how I like my basketball teams. I'm like a huge fan of like the early 2000s Pistons. I want my basketball team to just beat the crap out of their opponent, right? Just out physical them, so I like those Pistons teams. Yeah, uh, like the I heard it was late two thousands or early twenty tens Bulls teams. Like remember Brad Miller, that yeah, yeah. center for the Bulls that would just every time the Celtics played him, somebody left the game bloody. Obviously, I love Marcus Smart. That's how I like my basketball. So give me Jabril Peppers, give me Matt Judon, give me the guys that are going to be out there throwing bows. That's who sure. I want. That's my starting five, really. And we'll I figure also, it out from there. I also think I agree with this. Christian Gonzalez would be nasty. Oh, he, you know what? He's yeah. The way he's he's got that like short area movement. He's probably yeah. got handles. He's probably yeah. got handles too. Yeah. This is a uh, we're we're going off the uh, off the crazy questions here. This is a football question that I'm curious to see. Yeah. Which wide receiver slash tight end has the best chance to be a thousand yard receiver in the system? Oh, uh, Juju. I think so too. Yeah. I think he's the top one, but I also think that they're going to spread the ball around a lot. Yeah, that's a that's a big-time role, though, in, in yeah. Bill O'Brien's offense. That slot receiver role. He's going to have a chance to do it. Um, now, look, it may be on 110 catches, but it, I, I, Juju is a real shot to go for 1,000 yards. I think so, too. I think they're going to run the – as much as they're going to spread it out, I think he's going to be the guy that they, they turn to in that offense. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah. Uh, which is why I was kind of surprised to hear him and Mac hadn't thrown together yet. I was a little surprised by that too. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. A lot of time though. Yeah. Um, let's grab a few more before we get out of here. All right. Um, now all the comments now are just basketball. So, um, Ty Montgomery going to make the team? I don't know. Like he, so I don't think they're going to keep a lot of running backs because they're generally fine just pulling running backs from the practice squad when they need them, you know, elevating guys. So, you know, Ramondre is going to make it, excuse me, Ramondre is going to make it. Pierre Strong's going to make it. And then I, I think it's, it's Kevin Harris, Ty Montgomery and James Robinson competing for either one or two spots. Like definitely one. But I actually, like, they can keep those three. They can probably get James Robinson on the practice squad. So let's say you, or, or Kevin Harris. There's no need to be like, yeah, Kevin, we want Kevin Harris to play a role. He's going to be, you know, we need to keep him on the roster. No, they can put him on the practice squad, call him up when they need to. So I, I feel like those guys are all sort of, it's, it's three guys for one or two spots. But yeah. who knows? Remember last year we kept talking about it was, who is it? It was Trey Nixon. Little Jordan Humphrey and Christian Wilkerson for the sixth receiver spot. That was like the big battle at camp. It was those three for the sixth receiver spot. And then they kept five receivers. So, you know, who knows? Yeah, true. Um, All right. Let's finish this off. I will. Where'd it go? This one. Um, Welcome to the (laughs) offseason. Yeah, seriously. Thomas says, I think you guys ran out of his time. Yeah, we're we're out of. we're well, under an hour and we're doing we're doing starting yeah. fives in basketball. This so. is this is how the uh oh, you know what actually? I know what we yes. can do. Um I was gonna say this is how the Boston Sports Minute was born and, and we can probably work a quick Boston Sports Minute in here, but oh all these are in like different places now. Um I was going to say we can do a college football minute. I don't know if the background still exists. Oh, let me find it. Uh, it might be gone. Oh no, there it is. Um, we can do a quick college football minute because this will be fun. Uh, as we haven't talked about college, we well, yeah, we, we, we we both have and haven't talked about college football in a while, right? Right. Um, so there were a couple of things in college football that Mike, I'm curious to get your thoughts on. Okay. First off, no more stopping the clock on first downs. Yeah, that's I, bizarre. I understand like the reasoning behind it. They want to shorten the games. They want less plays, keep guys like healthy. Right. But yeah, I don't know. It was one of those fun nuances about college football. I'm going to miss that. 
Yeah, it made it different. There, it's the you know, there's the uh, there's the one foot in bounds for for a reception thing. Yeah. There's the obviously the running clock or well, the, the, it, the, the one foot in bounds clock. thing was just like kind of different. This like changed the strategy. It completely yeah. changed the way you use timeouts. Right. Right. It 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 made the two minute drill a lot a lot different. So I'm kind of bummed about that one. And then the other thing they announced when the uh, starting in 2024. Yeah. The right. The, the semis or the the quarterfinals are going to be on like Wednesday and Thursday. So it's going to the two semis are going to be the Thursday and Friday before Wild Card Weekend of the NFL. So we are going to go um, Thursday night college football semifinal. Okay. Friday night college football semifinal. Saturday three wild card games. Sunday three wild card games. And then a wild card game on Monday, and I think Field Yates math might be off there because how would there be seven wild card games? How that can't be right. Twelve, fourteen, 14. thirteen, thirteen. It's twelve, six. Yeah. So it yeah, it's two, three, and one. Whatever, whatever it is, it's, something like that. There's there's a full a chock full weekend of football. Is the point? Um, yeah. It's uh. I can't I like wait. It. It's going to be. The I best like thing. it because be I like watching. Thing. I like watching football on non-football days, like matching on Tuesdays, Thursday night football, um, Friday night Pac-12 late games. Like I like that. So just having having football on more days of the week is an A plus. So I like that one. The running clock, or the the lack of running clock, rather. Um, I feel like we'll get used to it faster than faster than we think. But you're right. It's going to make coaching a lot different, and you know, just yeah. making as far as those. Uh, those timeouts go. So during the college football minute, Alex, let's do this. Well, hang on. The other thing with the schedule, I just want to bring it back real quick. The other thing with the schedule um, that's, you know, interesting is so that's going to be the first weekend of the new year, right? Yeah. That's supposed to be the week that you get back to reality. You know, you've kind of been on your ass being a bum. Yeah. We be doing Christmas and new years Thursday. I'm checked out. College right. football playoff Friday. I'm checked out. They just extended New Year's. I love it. All right. What, what was the other thing? No, it was your your 2024 draft crush. Um, it's Marvin Harrison Jr. all day, every day. He's yeah. going to be the best player in college football next year. Caleb Williams, too. Two guys who the Patriots aren't going to be able to get their hands on. But I think those are my two, and those are kind of the obvious ones. So I'll, get, I'll give a couple names people maybe aren't as familiar with. You can start okay. familiarizing yourself with. Um, if they do need to go quarterback, and I know everybody <laughs> likes Caleb Williams and Drake May, and they're both really good. But uh, if they miss out on those guys, Michael Penix Jr. from Washington. By the way, Mike, he's a yeah. lefty. Yes, he is. That, he used to play that at, uh, dude can at Indiana. Indiana. And he transferred. Yeah. yeah. Yep. He can play. I like him. He's a fun player. Yep. Um, and then the other guy, I'll give it. I, I liked him for them this year, and I thought he was going to come out. And he was supposed to be a late first round pick. And then he went back to school, and and now it looks like he's going to be top half of the first round next year. But you know, who knows? We got a long way to go. Uh, Jared Verse from Florida State is an edge rusher. Oh yeah, he yeah, is yeah, yeah. electric. Yeah, he's really so um, he's another guy I'm I'm looking forward to watching. And unfortunately, I can't pronounce the name of the top tackle in the draft. But uh, Fashanu Oli, yeah, Oliwama yeah. Fashanu. He's the reason. Ironically enough, he might be the reason the Patriots ended up with Christian Gonzalez because he was supposed to be in this draft. He surprised everybody by going back to school. If he doesn't. Think about it. There's one more elite tackle, tackle in this draft. Yeah. Maybe the Patriots go tackle in the first round, or maybe, you know, the Jets don't want to make the trade up, or the, the Steelers don't want to make the trade up, or whatever. So um, I like him as well. Yeah. Um, so that's our college football minute. Uh, who's your yeah. who's your who's your early pick for the Natty national champion? 
Oh man, you know, I I still think Texas. I know I, I was like hot on the Texas bandwagon last year, but is Arch going to start any football games or is it all? No, all he's going to redshirt. But Quinn. you got yeah. Quinn Ewers, who might be, I think, is better than Arch Manning. Yeah, me too. Xavier Worthy is a name we're all going to learn. Oh yeah, electric wide receiver. Um, you know they lost him. they lost Bijan, so that hurts. But they they've got a they had a really good recruiting class last year. Yeah. So I'll be honest, like I'm not familiar with a ton of the guys like Jatavion Sanders, a tight end. I know a lot of people like, uh, they got Adonai Mitchell, who's a transfer from Georgia. Um, they got some guys, they got some guys. So I, 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 you know, I like Texas this year. I like USC this year. Again, USC. fight um, on. You're, That's my pick. I, I don't think a PAC 12 team can win the national championship. Not in this format, maybe in the next one. And God, I wish we got the 12 team this year. Yeah, I know one more year, but yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that is it for us on Patriots Beat. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, we will be back early next week uh, to continue diving into the Patriots draft class. OTAs are coming up. Mini camp will be here shortly. Uh, we will continue to get quotes and be down at Gillette Stadium with uh, some media or uh, some personnel, rather, guys coming, uh, having some media availability, excuse me. So we'll have you covered on all that here on Patriots Beat. So we'll be back early next week. Until then, he's Alex. Follow him, at RealAlexBarth, on Twitter. Read all his stuff at 98.5thesportshub.com. Do the same for me, at MikeCavick on Twitter. Check me out on CLSMovie.com. Thank you guys for watching. We'll be back next week. And uh, until then, see you next time, and thank you for all your questions.